0: You're listening to WCOM LP 103.5 FM Carborough and Chapel Hill. It's a Tuesday, it's five o'clock, and that only means one thing. It's time for another round of Snarky Face with your host, Stuart Deloney. This is a space where we irreverently wrestle through life, culture, and spirituality, all with our heads in the clouds, our tongues in our cheeks, our hearts in our sleeves, and our feet on the ground. At Snarky Face, the questions or even the answers are never the point. It's all about the conversation. So here's your host, Stuart Deloney Well good afternoon and welcome to another round of Snarky Faith
1: Radio I'm your host Stuart Deloney And guess what guys, we made it We made it out the other end of the great American eclipse Well hopefully most of us made it out Because actually I saw our dear President Trumpy at the White House Walking out, gazing up at the sun without his eclipse glasses at first Because he's just that Smart of a guy or maybe it's just because he doesn't believe in things like science Uh, But yes, you can look it up. Google it. Trump goes out starts looking up at the eclipse. No glasses Eventually someone gets some glasses and then he wonders why it's so dark out I'm not really sure how this confused him or how the whole idea of staring at the Sun is bad has also escaped him. But we also know that the, you know, things like global warming, uh, racism, or really just his own overt bigotry um, have escaped him as well too, good Lord. Uh, what a week we've had. And so let's start by talking about this eclipse. Um, I wanted to kind of delve into a topic that we don't cover very often here on the show. It's Christians being crazy. Wait a second, let me remind myself. Oh wait, yeah. I think we do that on a weekly basis here. So this shouldn't be out of character for this show for us to talk about how an eclipse turned a bunch of Christians, I was going to say crazy, but maybe crazier, uh, because oftentimes you you like to see folks returning and looking for signs from God. God has done this right now. And again, circling back to science, um, I mean, you know, I'm not going to argue that God put the universe in motion, but that whole motion kind of works mathematically, meaning that back in the 70s, they knew that we'd be having in 2017 another eclipse. So it's kind of hard for us to be able to kind of retroactively go back and then blame God for what he's doing now as a sign of his condemnation for America because we have an eclipse right now. I mean, what are we in the Dark Ages, people? Like, have we regressed back to where... Um, if it rains, God is happy. If it, there's a drought, God is unhappy. Or does it have to do with climate, or science, or math, or the way the universe works? Uh, the fact that this <laughs> that this eclipse has been well known that it was going to come for many years. Why? Because people science the crap out of things more than I can even understand. So it shouldn't surprise you that this whole eclipse thing has a lot of Christians saying that God is condemning us by showing us a wonderful sign of nature and creation that's beautiful and awesome and powerful. Yeah, that kind of a thing that we like to sit back and be in all awe of creation. No, no, stop the awe and start repenting because apparently this wasn't something that was beautiful for us to behold. No, no, it was a stern warning from our principal in the sky. So apparently yes, God is angry, and when God's angry, he sends us eclipses. Because that totally makes sense. So yeah, let's dig into this right now. So let's start. Let's see, who's our first crackpot on the list? Let me just go ahead and spin the wheel. Okay, Brian Fisher, who's a Christian radio show host. And his show is
2: called Focal Point. And he is interpreting... He's interpreting the eclipse pretty much like you would say a fortune teller would. And he says this, quote
1: unquote, "Uh, this is a metaphor or a sign of the work of the Prince of Darkness in obscuring the light of God's truth. Satan and those who unwittingly serve as his accomplices by resisting the public acknowledgement of God and seeking to repress the expression of christian faith in our land and bring on us a dark night of the national soul i like the fact that somehow he's metaphorically he's speaking in metaphors but also saying it's true i kind of feel like that's back in dodgeball where you've been stiller it's a metaphor but it also happened but it is a metaphor but it is true Uh, so which is it which is it Brian for sure is it is it a metaphor or is this a real doom and gloom that God is showing us that is right before our eyes and we are out as all sinners sitting there with our sinful eclipse glasses and drinking in the beauty of the coolness of this eclipse oh no we're all damned to hell actually really the only one that should be damned to hell is the moron that's in the White House that was out there staring without eclipse glasses into the sun, and I'm not really saying he should be damned to hell, but maybe his retinas should be? Maybe? Maybe? So yes, so you see things like this begin to happen, and then you also see the crazy come out. And we can't talk about crazy without talking about Billy Graham's kids. Yes, and Graham Lotz offered a warning of the eclipse that may have theological meaning to it. So let's see what good old Anne has to say. Because guess what? As much as we like to bash her brother, Franklin Graham, for being a crazy, bigoted nutter who's riding on the coattails of his daddy, Anne's pretty much the same as well, too. And she said this. So she goes on to say, this is from her website, In light of Ezekiel 33, 1 through 6, that commands the watchman to be faithful and warn others of the danger coming against the land. I feel compelled to issue a warning once again. The warning is triggered by the total solar eclipse on August 24th, 2017, nicknamed America's eclipse. Now, again, I'm not really good here. This is me, my aside, not. I'm, I'm stepping out of the quote here. Yeah, so I'm not very good at doing voices, so. My assumption is Anne Grimlotz doesn't sound anything like me, but if you want to think that she does, I'll continue. Um, for the fr- Going back to the quote-unquote. For the first time in almost 100 years, a total solar eclipse will be seen coast-to-coast coast in our nation. People are preparing to mark this significant event with viewing parties at exclusive prime sites. The celebratory nature regarding the eclipse brings to mind the Babylonian King Belhazar, who threw a drunken feast the night uh, that... The Medes and the Persians crept under the city gate while Balthazar and his friends partied. They were obviously, uh, they're oblivious to the impending danger. Balthazar Warren wound up dead the next day and the Babylonian empire was destroyed. So apparently, is it a metaphor? Is it real? We're back here again? I think we are back here again. So while we were all out in the middle of the day, some of you us may have been day drinking. I'm not raising my hand for that one. Some of us were out there with our children and really cheap glasses to protect our eyes from being burnt. And all the while, there was some sort of an evil, insidious Trojan horse coming into our nation that is wanting to kill us. And what this is doing is, this is drudging up what conservative Christians absolutely love. This is the conservative Christian porn. is and times and times yes the end times the end of the world is near as near as near and every once in a while we have some nutter that's certain about it goes telling everybody the world will end on x date and guess what it comes and it goes and because the weird thing is we like to be caught up in this weird mysterious thing that somehow something out of the blue is going to kill us but the thing that we are doing right now, hello, global warming and climate change, um, that thing we kind of want to ignore. So, like, if we want to see, and I don't understand this, like, the like, Christians like to look for these kind of spiritual things that they can assign uh, metaphorical <laughs> or, <laughs> or real meaning behind. So the eclipse must mean something, which is really kind of crazy because it ends up sounding very pagan uh, very like sun worshipy or any of that kind of stuff, which is really funny because also these conservative Christians, if you were to say that that they're sounding a lot like pagans, they would scream and gnash their teeth and run out of the room. That's really kind of how it would transcend and happen. But, but the funny thing is we are like there is this obsession with looking for signs of the times. The crazy thing is the signs of the times of the things that are going to kill us are already obvious but Christians are ignoring it. Let's talk about climate change. Let's talk about that thing. Let's talk about the science behind it and what we've been seeing happening and how we've been seeing dramatic weather shifts and weather changes, temperatures going up, 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 all those kind of things. Those, those things that are backed by science. No, 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 no. Let us ignore those because science is opposed to religion. Which, that is a whole nother show within itself of why science and religion can't play nice. Because essentially, if you believe God created is a God of order and created the universe and everything in it, uh, you would also find kind of beauty and majesty in uh, understanding that universe on a scientific level. So the idea that somehow Christians like to run from science is kind of like they're also running from the person that created the universe. That part has always confused me. So yes, are there signs of bad things coming? Yes, there are. Are we doing anything about them? No, we're not. We would rather run and look off into the sky and talk about just fantastical prophecies and other things like that while we bury our heads in the sand to the real issues that are happening right now. The things that are right in front of us. And then we even have, we were going to just stay on like the nutter train for a little while longer. Um, On a recent episode of the Jim Baker show, side note, why does Jim Baker still have a show? Seriously, have people not learned that this guy's a snake oil salesman uh, that likes to take money from people and do it in the name of God? Yeah. Anyone remember like the 80s? The whole thing? Him bilking people, millions of dollars, all that kind of good stuff. Remember that? No. No. No, apparently no, Uh, because he has a show, and he had uh, really just an insightful mind. Mark Blitz, which I feel like Blitz is kind of what information does in his head. It just Blitzes straight through it. Uh, Pastor of El Shaddai Ministries in Bonnie Lake, Washington. He said that solar eclipses are often seen in the Jewish world as a sign of God's judgment on the Gentiles, which is really funny. You're on a Christian uh, show talking about biblically speaking, that uh, eclipses are fairly anti-Gentile. And guess what? When we look at most of the Christians um, across America, they would fit in that whole Gentile category uh, because essentially in Bible speak, in Bible terms, there is the people that were the chosen of God, the Jewish folks, the children of Israel that followed after God, and pretty much everybody else. So Gentile was pretty much everybody, not us which is fun when you end up having folks that like to have ministries that are named from Jewish-sounding words, El
2: Shaddai, El Shaddai. Yes. And calling out that this eclipse is against the Gentiles. Great, because most of
1: the churches in America on Sunday are full of Gentiles. I don't know. So he says this eclipse is a call for us to repent. It's a call that the end is near. It's a call that God is warning us. and We need to heed those warnings. See, here's my problem with this. Here is my like massive problem with folks that are obsessed with the end times. And I will tell you this. This is an answer years back when I had to go before an ordination board uh, for a denomination that I was and still Still, we'll see how much this radio show <laughs> may undo that, um, that I'm still ordained with. And for those of you that don't know, to be a like ordained pastor, it's, it's a lot more of a rigorous uh, process. You have to go before boards of people. You have to write many essays and many other things like that to really stating what you believe. And in one of my essays, I had they had asked me, what is my view of the end times? And I had heard this years and years before, and I love it. It's, it, I love this. And so people get caught up, and again, end times, it's usually folks being obsessed with books like uh, the Old Testament, like Daniel, uh, New Testament, like uh, Revelation, and they get caught up in like, when is all this going to happen? Like, what is the timeline? What do you believe? Um, are, are the Christians going to be taken out of here before or after judgment and all this other kind of stuff. So my answer, Rich, uh, really frustrated many people because they would ask me questions like, what is the biggest problem facing um, our world today? And I would say stuff like uh, climate change. And they're like, that's not what we're really looking for. But I was like, are you going to deny that climate change is a problem that uh, that's facing us? Well, we're not going to argue with that, but that's not what we're looking for. Yeah, that happened a lot with me. Um, so as I'm sitting there in this, and so someone had asked me, and I'd written an essay on this, and they're like, we're really kind of confused about where you stand with end times. And I always use this, and it is a stupid kind of dad joke of an answer. But I stick with it because it is stupid. It is kind of funny, but it's actually true. and. So if people ask you, like, where do you stand on end times things? They're usually asked, are you pre-millennial, post-millennial, or anything else like that? And so what that really ends up meaning of, it, again, it goes back to the timeline of when the world is going to end and what is going to happen to the believers. Um, so I told them, I was like, I'm really just a pan theorist. And they're like, so what, wait, you need to explain what this means. And I was oh, because I'd heard, I'd heard a pastor friend of mine say this years ago and I stole it, I took it, and it's mine now because now it's on the radio. Um, I'd said, you know, well, a pan theory is simply that it's just all going to pan out in the end. That that essentially, that we have no idea how any of this is going to unfold. And guess what? We're simply just called to do good and do the work that is in front of us here and now. And, and I went on to say, which probably shouldn't have, uh, which pissed off one guy in particular, um, saying that, honestly, that people that get obsessed with end times, uh, it ends up being something that totally takes their focus away from doing the work that's in front of them. Oh, you can't say that about theology. Oh, you can't do this. And so eventually, as we wrestled through it, um, he ended up kind of agreeing to disagree because he didn't disagree with what I was saying, but he was upset that I wasn't valuing the end times as much as I should value hellfire and brimstone and other things that are. Are they metaphors or are they real? Are they metaphors or are they real? Are they metaphors or are they real? Because again, when people read the book of Revelation, you have to pick one. Are you reading this literally? Are you reading this metaphorically? Which one is it? And you can't necessarily go through and just handpick through the parts that you want to be literal and the parts that you want to be metaphorical. It doesn't really work that way, especially in that writing style. I digress. Uh, My main point that I'm getting to with this is that this. Christians, if you are looking to the skies for the answer for what needs to happen or what God thinks... Stop doing it because the end times and this thought that somehow an eclipse is God's judgment. And oh, woe to me. I need to dress in sackcloth and ashes and do whatever you do when you're in sackcloth and ashes. I'm not really sure. Never been there. Um, but all of that obsession, what that does is it makes us gaze at the sky and ignore what is happening right here in front of us. I mean, if we want to talk about judgment for America, if we want to talk about the sins for America, let's talk about racism. Let's talk about what happened in Charlottesville. Let's talk about the fact that we have on one side supporting our president, uh, our president. I kind of just threw up my mouth when I said that, but he is technically our president. So, excuse me, I had to swallow it down. But you have folks that elected this man. You have the religious right. That elected him. Thought he was God's man for the job. Doing an impeccable job. I mean, an impeccable job so far. I mean, metaphorically speaking. but So you have those folks. But guess what? You also have white nationalists, white supremacists, uh, neo-Nazis. You have all of these racist, bigoted human turds um, that followed and voted for this man, too. Which is it? Is he God's chosen? Or is he, like, the poster boy for white supremacy and nazism no you can't have it both ways you gotta pick one like is he, is he God's chosen one that somehow has united all of the hateful bigoted folks white folks <laughs> in this country together so he's bound them together or 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 I'm not sure if my math is good here can you say there's a little bit of crossover between those two groups like the religious right the white supremacists? Do You think there's any, like, little confluence in that whole voting party? Like, that whole pack of people that, that are, like, always Trump on the Trump train, doing the Trump train thing? Yeah, I think there's a little crossover. Yeah, I think there's, like, a little bit of folks that may be claiming to be both on that answer. So, yes, to hammer home, my first point here, I don't know, many points, on the show... Stop looking to the the skies for signs and wonders. Stop wondering, is this a sign of God's impending judgment because of an eclipse? And then ignore the fact that there's violence and people being killed in Charlottesville and on a regular basis that we end up having more terror acts here in America committed by white men than we actually do the other extremist groups like so how, how, how do we like how do we do that god's wanting to judge us god's wanting to do all this kind of stuff no i think god is simply saying is i mean here go look at the eclipse it's pretty sweet it's pretty cool i made this universe you should like it yeah yeah enjoy that but guess what get back to work which is my issue with this end times escapism there are major Fractures going on in our country We have seen a rise Of hatred and bigotry Like we haven't seen in a number of years Which simply just tells me it was underground The whole time This thing was underground waiting for an orange oompa Loompa of a leader An orange messiah To be able to let them have their day In the sun because they've been living under a rock And if you've been living under a rock The best time to come out During an eclipse because apparently your eyes have to adjust yeah, those folks, they're out. They're they are proud. They are chanting with tiki torches and doing all sorts of other bleepity, bleepity, bleepity crazy things that I can't say here on the air. And Christians are busy pointing to the skies and saying, that's a sign that something's wrong in America. No, no, no. The fact that we have folks and a president that doesn't call out Nazis, that's a problem. Like, screw the eclipse. Screw it. We have a president who had a hard time condemning Nazis. Seriously? Like, the easiest group in the world. It's a punchline for anything. When you want to say somebody is, like, or 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 annoying or terrible, you're like, oh, my God, there's such a Nazi. So how do you go? (laughs) It's just boggling. I don't understand this. We have to. And if Christians, you want something to do, call out hatred where it is. Let's speak out against it. Let's not be mealy-mouthed. Let's not be like Joel Osteen level of pansy when, when terrorism and atrocities happen in our country by folks that live in our country to one another. Because guess what? And this is where it gets crazy because you end up having this weird confluence and I do think that there is this weird like tidal zone where between like these white crazy bigoted supremacist Nazis whatever uh, and in the Trump train of it and the uh, religious right Christians in that and there, there's got to be like there has to be like some sort of a middle ground of there where they're like oh yeah we're both. Oh we're both. Yeah I go back to saying this and I know I say this all the time on the air so where do you think Jesus would have been in Charlottesville? Would he been walking with the dudes that are like, you know, doing the Hitler salutes and wearing khakis and polos because apparently that's the thing now for white supremacists and chanting hateful things and being general angry white dudes with tiki torches? Does that seem like a Jesus-y thing? Does that seem like something that God's like, Dude, I know this is going to be weird you know, like he did to Noah, right? Like, go build an ark. And I want you to build an ark because years later, like centuries and centuries later, Ken Ham is going to do the same thing and he's going to make money off it and it'll be in Kentucky. It'll be fabulous. So, I mean, is this something like God's like, hello, white people. I know this may seem unconventional, but I want you to go and buy tiki torches and show up in this town, Charlottesville, Virginia. Go here. And I want you to spread hate and yell about minority groups and talk about white power. Yeah, that doesn't sound like something that God's involved in. Oh, and also, for those that are kind of bigoted, and I, and see, and when I'm saying that confluence zone between like the white supremacists and like the conservative Christians, I'm not saying they're all the same, but I am saying that there is this weird middle ground because I do. I have many family members. That, that are posting crap online about sin and judgment and how far our country has gone and eclipseness and Trump is amazing and anyone that opposes Trump is opposed to God's will. Blah, 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 la, la, la. My fingers are in my ears and I just roll my eyes and laugh and move on when I see things like that. Because guess what? I feel
2: like, and this is just me being an ass. Essentially, a lot of these folks that we're seeing here, I think
1: also there's a connection between how people think the world works, science works, God works and all that. There's a connection between education. And I'm not just even saying education like diploma type education. I'm talking about education like Do I want to learn? Do I want to grow as a human? Do I want to continue to challenge myself to what is going on? Because I will tell you this, the path of faith is a very topsy-turvy, twisty one uh, where there are ups and downs and all of that that go into it. And guess what? Uh, The best way to grow and hopefully remain humble is to realize you don't have it figured out. Uh, that's something I kind of grabbed onto very early. Guess what? I will live on this earth for however many years I am, and when I even get close to my death, there will never be a time where I can say that I figured it all out, because people that feel like they figured it all out tells me one thing very quickly, they're not very smart. They're not very smart. Like they've hit a plateau in learning in their life and just camped there and they never kept moving and journeying because when you talk about faith, you talk about a journey, a process, a learning, a stumbling, a getting up, a moving on. All of those kind of things are part of that. So if you have folks that have said, oh, I've read the Bible. I know it from cover to cover. I know what it says and I do what it tells me to do. And then go out and have bigoted rallies against stuff. That tells me one thing that you have said in your mind, there's nothing left to learn. I figured it all out. Guess what? That's not the way the world works. Guess what? That's the quickest road to being incredibly ignorant and foolish. uh, Because guess what? We don't have stuff figured out. That's why we need community. That's why we need friends. That's why we need people around us. Because we are all not there. And even towards our ends, we will not be all there. Because if there was a way for us to be all-knowledgeable and all-knowing, guess what? That would make us God. So are these folks kind of deitizing themselves? I've read the Bible. I know all there is to know about God. Oh, really? So in a thousand-page book, you know everything about God. And really, so everything about God is contained in a thousand-page book. Oh, really? So that would tell me that God is very small and unimportant and very containable. And my understanding is, I see the Bible as as a jumping place for understanding God, but the real learning about God, the real process happens when you begin to walk it out with others in life, getting your hands dirty in the dirtiness of life. And I don't mean dirtiness like, not that kind of dirtiness. I'm saying the dirtiness where people are going out and supporting people that are being oppressed, helping those that are being marginalized and being a voice for those who don't have a voice, those kind of things. Those are the kind of things that folks that want to look up at the, at, at the sun at an eclipse and be able to say, look at this, God's judgment is happening. Let's prepare our bags because we're all flying off to heaven tomorrow. That kind of thing. Because what that does is it abdicates them from being involved and engaged in America. When you have N. Graham Lotz, when you have Franklin Graham, when you have Jerry Fodwell Jr., which we'll get to in a moment, condemning stuff, and, and, and speaking in that manner. What that tells me is they have it all figured out. They're experts. They're experts in their field. Because essentially, this, it reminds me of, the, uh, of episode one in the Star Wars that, like, oh, look at this boy, this little Anakin. His chlorians are very high. And because of that, somehow an immaculate conception has happened, but he's also very high on the... Jedi scale of things and we again apparently the midichlorians were very high for and Graham lots and Franklin Graham because their dad was a famous Christian evangelist that that makes them geniuses because of DNA I are just being around him being able to smell the whiffs of his bo have enhanced our spiritual senses Uh, to where we know what things are going on. We know how to do this. And we are so humble and do not care about our fortunes that we are amassing and the people that we are backing and the hate and the bigotry that are happening in this country. I'm being very facetious. This is a show called Snarky Faith, so if you don't like sarcasm, sorry, you turned into the wrong show. There are great shows on each end of what we're talking about right now. No, but I am talking through this that... The fact of there's a huge hypocrisy for those folks, especially those folks in the church that wield power, uh, whether they are wielding power from a denominational or a congregational standpoint, or really just power from a Christian culture. I write a book. People spend millions of dollars purchasing this book. Uh, That kind of thing. The kind of thing that puts you out of touch with real people and reality. And I would also doubt... Anybody in Billy Graham's family was never very deeply ingrained in reality because you were born into a celebrity family. I'm not trying to say that you can't figure out things if you were born into a place of status, but I am saying it's an uphill battle to do that. So talking about nepotism and the fun of crazy Christians and condemning folks and blah, 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 la, la,
2: la. Let's talk about... Let's talk about Liberty University and its headmaster, president, Jerry Falwell Jr. And
1: what has happened recently, so let's just go ahead and dig in on that. So, Liberty University, for those that don't know, it's a little north of here, if you're listening to us locally, it's in Virginia and liberty university i'll give you a little bit of background to some of this a christian university that i love to make fun of and some have heard me say this before but i have to continue to talk about this a friend of mine that i literally i advised him against this he was trying to finish out his bachelor's degree he decided to transfer to liberty and he went there mainly because well, they would take his credits, but I was like, "Dude, like I don't know about this place. Like I don't know. Like I mean, this is this is all pre pre Trump pre you know, Baldwell Jr. going down on his knees for Trump, uh, the way that he has with his integrity." Um, so Liberty University is university that I remember when asking my buddy, I was like, "So tell me about this." I knew he was taking a class on Genesis. I was like, "Tell me, tell 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 me how they, how do they talk about?" Uh, The creation narrative. Uh, Because if you want to go back to how it is written in Hebrew, um, the first bit of Genesis is written as a poem. A poem. Pretty much anything before uh, Abraham arrives on the scene, which then it switches to a narrative form. Before that, it's poetry. Uh, Tower of Babel, Noah, all that other kind of stuff. Poetry. Poetry. Uh, Poetry that is a beautiful bit of poetry that paints a picture of God's heart, but I don't believe is necessarily scientific text. You don't see people going like, where is the uh, next scientific breakthrough coming from? It's coming from poetry. I'm not saying poet, you can't be scientifically poetic, but I really think they're missing the point with this. So when asking him, how do they handle, like, how do they handle the creation narrative and how old the earth is? And he's like, and he told me this. And I just, like, I didn't even laugh. Like, it, I was so befuddled, I didn't even laugh. Or maybe I laughed in my soul a little bit, but I was also kind of sick in that The reason that science, this is the reason, the reason that science says the earth is as old as it is is because when god created it he created it already as it was he created it with redwoods that were thousands of years old mountains that had been here not well not really here but mountains that had already been developed so when science looks at this they will say it's this old but god was crafty god created everything fully formed It's like God was, had ordered like a thing for sea monkeys or a chia pet and just like two days, chia, chia, chia. Yeah. That's how, that's Liberty. That's what they're teaching their students at a university for a bachelor's degree. Yeah. Yeah. And so when we're talking about folks talking about Christians that are hopefully doing the right thing, they're doing something in the face of fascism in our country and Religion that has hopped in the bed for a little roll around with power and politics. Yep, that thing. And so I heard this article, and it is it is great. Uh, so and it says this. And so the article is entitled um, "Liberty University Alumni Return Diplomas Over School's Official Trump Support." By N- uh, and again, apologize in advance, Nina. Uh Gal Gol- Sure, we'll stick with that one. So. And she writes this. Some uh, Liberty University graduates plan to send back their diplomas to the evangelical school in Lynchburg, Virginia, to protest the college's uh, president's unwavering support of Donald Trump, which they say has left them with shame and anger. And as of Sunday afternoon, this is like a week ago, more than 140 alumni members had expressed support of the Return Your Diploma efforts on (laughs) Facebook after University President Jerry Falwell Jr. Uh, lauded Trump's remarks on the recent white supremacist rallies in Charlottesville, Virginia, as bold and truthful. And that praise came despite Trump's laying blame for violence on of the hate groups to both sides. Both sides had issues here. Both sides ended up committing violence. Both sides killed someone. No, wait, no never mind. That didn't happen. Forget the both sides thing. So, yeah. Yeah, putting your money where your mouth is for those that went there and are ashamed of the president and ashamed of the president of their university returning their diplomas, it's a cool idea. It is a great idea, and I will say, like, hats off to you. In the long run, I will tell you that it is a great public statement to do that. I'm not sure that it accomplishes much. You still technically have a diploma, even if you've sent it back. And if you're going to send it back, just make sure you scan it so you have a copy of it for yourself because blah, 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 blah. No. Um, no, and I, I love the optics of doing that. But I think at the same time,
2: that can't be enough. Like if you are disgusted, if you are just shaking
1: your head about this, especially for you Liberty alumni, because of course, I know there's tons of them listening to this <laughs> to this radio show. That's It's a start. So I will will tip my hat to you. My hat will not come off to you, but I will tip it to you uh, for being able to stand up in a certain way against this. The problem is the enabling already happened by you putting money into that university. Money that continues to fund this... mm, This is a really difficult show. Um, This butt clown. uh, I'm trying to censor myself here. uh, Jerry Falwell Jr. And him heralding the wonderful leadership of our president
2: when he could not even stick to his scripted answer that was calling
1: out Nazis? Like, really? I I know I talked about this earlier, but really? Like, how do you do that? Like, how do you do that? How do you stick up? for the evil bad guys. I mean, how many more movies do we need to have and Glorious Bastards, Hell Schindler's List for us to be able to realize, hmm, these guys are pretty bad. And even for the people that are out there saying that they're Nazis and have, like, Hitler quotes in their T-shirts that were out in Charlottesville, also that came out to other rallies. Uh, Thankfully, those other rallies, there was no violence, and actually there was more counter-protesters than there were, People that are caught back in the nineteen forties. Um, so yes, applaud for those. Applaud for Boston. Applaud for those kind of things. But I am just—I continue to be shocked. I continue to have my soul pained at hearing crazy, crazy stuff like this. And 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 then that will lead us to this Christianity today from Kate Shellnut or Shellnut. Um, had an article about white evangelicals opposed calls to impeach Trump. So in that same level, and this ends up being one of those things, like if you've ever had kids like where you know that they're lying to you, but they commit to it so much because they don't want to admit that they were wrong. I'm not saying this that like, kids are evil. I'm saying this is human nature that we don't want to admit we're wrong. We don't want to admit that we actually got into bed with this crazy. And this continues to show how nuts things are. And so they had done a, it was a poll conducted in early August, found that 40% of Americans believe the president should be impeached, which is up from 30% um, in February. And, but here is also what they found. This is from PRRI. Amongst white white evangelicals, 79% oppose the calls to impeach Trump, Uh, more so than white mainline Protestants, 63%, and Catholics, 61%, and the nuns, folks not in UNS, nuns, folks that have actually, would say they're Christian, but walked away from church. So overall, about half of Americans say that Trump does not deserve to be impeached. What? What? Like, we watch this on a weekly basis. One, the dude is a bad leader. I I mean, think of this. Any corporation where you are firing your top advisors on a weekly basis, there's a certain lack of, mm, what's the word, Uh, intelligence for being able to surround yourself with folks that know how to help you do your job. If you are wanting to do this wonderful job for America, President Trump, if you are wanting to make America great again, why are you not condemning white supremacists and Nazis? Why are you not condemning hateful bigots? Why are you not calling evil
2: evil and hate hate and bigotry bigotry? I can say this all day long about Trump, and I can't,
1: I mean, I can't control that. He's, he's, he's his own man. But what befuddles me, what boggles my mind, is that he still... Has the support of white evangelicals in this country. After all
2: of this, after all that has happened, after the flip-flops, after all of this, they still stand behind him. And I don't understand it. I simply don't. My
1: family members that are that are that are like forever Trumpers. Don't get it. And I could get this. Here's what I could wrap my head around. I could get this if they wanted to support him and not bring God into the mix, and not bring faith into the mix, and not bring religion into the mix, right? You want to support him because you may be a closeted bigot, or you may be out of the closet as a bigot. Fine, fine. Then support him for that. But, but when you try to bring God into this, that's where I, I tend to not really have much of an answer for you. Like, I, 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 really, I really just don't know what else to say with this. And in uh, Sojourner's magazine, and this is by Mark, Mark Silk, um, he'd put this, this is a commentary that he'd written, and I'll read part of it here because I, 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 think, it, I think it's quite excellent. And uh, the, the article is, is entitled False Prophets in the White House. And he begins the article by saying, um, he's quoting 2 Peter 2.3, um, where it says, In their greed, these teachers will exploit you with fake news. I'm not sure what translation that is,
2: but <laughs>
1: <laughs> let me read that again because I'm just, I'm laughing. getting in, in their greed, these teachers will exploit you with fake news. Their condemnation has long been hanging over them, and their destruction has long been sleeping. And um, he goes on to say this, that on Wednesday when President Trump shut down his business advisory committee just ahead of his business advisors resigning in mass in the wake of Charlottesville, one of his evangelical advisors, Johnny Moore, delivered a statement on NBC that concluded this. Uh, and this is Johnny Moore's uh, statement. Evangelicals consider the gospel responsibility. Uh, we've been given by God to serve our fellow man to be the most sacred one. That remains our primary focus. And as part of that, we appreciate the deep relationship we have with the administration and the listening ear they have given us and continue to give us. We take seriously and we feel no responsibility to convey uh, publicly the advice we've given them privately. And it's their responsibility to do it uh, with what they will. It's our responsibility to fulfill our spiritual and national duty. See, that's one thing here. I'll, I'll Before I hop back into this, I, I don't really understand that completely. That 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 idea that even that Johnny would say that we have our spiritual internationalistic duty here. I added the istic on the end of national there. But um, for those of you out there that would claim to follow after God, the God of Abraham and Isaac, the God that gave us Jesus, if we want to follow after that God, if you have read the Bible. If you have even read parts of the Bible, what you are going to understand is that God is calling people to follow after his kingdom, Um, not a nationalistic kingdom of where you're at. Um, And God calls people to go and do the work of God to help heal those that are broken, to offer comfort to those that are in pain, to be
2: to be the answer to people's problems and to not be the problem to people's problems.
1: And, and so the article goes on to say this, uh, said there's more than a hint here that the evangelical advisors have been busy telling, quote, the administration, maybe even including the president to, the, to do the right thing and like not talk as if neo-Nazis and those uh, processing neo-Nazis are the moral equivalent. But no one is actually asking the evangelical advisors to reveal what they are pouring into the administration's listening ear. They are asking the evangelical advisors to respond publicly to presidential behavior that has caused shock and dismay throughout the country and around the world. And which leads us to the part of this article, which we have already covered a little bit earlier here. So Johnny Moore, Johnny Moore's former boss is no other than... Jerry Faldwell Jr., come on down! And this is what he wrote. This is what Faldwell Jr. tweeted out on August 16th. Finally, a leader in the White House, jobs returning, North Korea backing down, bold, truthful statements about Charlottesville tragedy, so proud of our relationship. Well there, Jerry, leave that behind closed doors, you little saucy minx. So proud of our relationship. Arnold, we're so close. No! Oh my God! How can any sane human being, how can any person, I don't care what, si- even if you're a conservative Christian, when you hear Trump and his, like, limp, mm, answer to Charlottesville, and then him kind of retracting himself, going back to saying, hey, this one side, they at least had permits. The Nazis at least had permits. The other side didn't when he's trying to equate these sides, evil and those that are opposing evil, that kind of argument. And so when Trump went all about face and going back to his many sides, many sides answer, Faldwell is saying great leadership and we've got such a great relationship, president. Because again, we've seen this time and time again, you stay in the good favor of Donald Trump by kissing his big fat orange ass on a regular basis. So who's Faldwell Jr. serving? Is he serving Trump or is he serving God and what he's doing here? I'm not sure. So continuing back to uh, Silk's article, he goes on to say, this suggests that what evangelical advisors have actually been telling the administration, maybe even the president is like, keep up doing the good work. Which makes you ask what Donald Trump would have to do to get the likes of Warren Faldwell to react the way the business advisors reacted, the business advisors that walked away. So where is that line? Where is that line, Jerry Faldwell Jr.? Where is that line, Franklin Graham? Where is that line, and Graham Lots? Where is that line, Jim Baker? If anyone actually cares about you, where is that line where Trump crosses that you say God is no longer with
2: him, metaphorically or actually? I don't know. Where is that line? Where is that line, you folks that are
1: supposed to be leaders over people of faith? Where you have abdicated your jobs. You have walked away from the position that God has somehow allowed you to have. Metaphorically or literally? I'm not sure. But you have walked away from your damn responsibility to do the right thing. And call out evil where evil happens. I mean, again, run with me. I'm going to use the metaphor here. But when you think about this, I don't think you're going to have many Christian leaders that are like Holocaust deniers, right? Like that's pretty culturally just assumed that for you to deny the Holocaust means you're a horrible person, a human being, or your name is Alex Jones, yeah, those are terrible. So kind of in our own zeitgeist here, like, in culture, like, yeah, no, we're, like, Holocaust, bad. What the Nazis did, bad. Hitler, evil dude. Killing Jews, bad. Killing gypsies, bad. Killing all the folks the Nazis killed, bad, right? That's pretty much, like, that's, like, preschool, like, 101 there, right? You, you're tracking me here. But, 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 when it comes to events like Charlottesville when it comes to events like Charlottesville, when you have people that are Nazis, when you have the KKK, when you have white supremacists
2: rallying, when you have people driving cars into crowds of people, killing them, injuring them, how is this something where we can say that there is evil on both sides. Like how? Like how? Like where? Where in your fat
1: heads can you deny that that was
2: evil? The way to heal our country, the way to move us towards a different future is to be able to call it out when it happens. And if we can't do that, we are already lost. So to finish uh,
1: Silk's article, um, he'd asked the question, which makes you ask what Donald Trump would have to do to get the likes of Moore and Falwell to uh, react the way that his business environment, advisors did. When he's asking that question, the business advisors walked away. They said, this is too much. This is, we, we can't go past this point. And Silk says this, the answer, I think, is that he would have to stop inviting them to the White House to discharge their spiritual and national duty by sharing their thoughts with and laying their hands upon him. And as long as that deep relationship persists, they'll be standing by their dear leader, laying their hands on him and praying over this evil, moronic man. And he ends this article with Second uh, 2 Peter 2, uh, 22. And it says this, a dog returns to its own vomit and a sow that is washed
2: returns to her wallowing in the mud. Those Christian leaders out there, and there are many of you out there, that make your living off of your faith, that make, and I'm not even saying
1: living, because I know a lot of pastors that scrape by and do a lot of good work. And how about this? Not make your living, but make your fortunes. Off Christians. Make your fortunes off selling books. Make your fortunes off speeches. Make your fortunes off Christian universities. Make your fortunes off whatever. In the
2: name of Jesus, you have turned Jesus into a commodity. And we see it and we know it. And we're coming for you. We are tired of it. And we want to call BS when we see BS in the holiest form of BS that we can call.
1: You were on the wrong side of history and you were on the wrong side of God.
2: And maybe if you were sitting up staring at the eclipse and saying it's God condemning our nation for its sins and its atrocities, Instead
1: of calling out everybody else, go look in the effing mirror.
2: Take a long, hard look at yourself. You live opulent, wealthy lifestyles. Do those
1: lifestyles look like Jesus? Do those lifestyles look like Jesus? The millions that you rake in, the Joel Osteens, the Stephen Furticks, Jerry Faldwell Juniors, Jim Bakers, all of you, your God is money and your God is power. So stop using the name of the God for those of us out here that are trying to make the world a better place, that live meagerly and give our lives over to God's call. Stop calling us out and really just continue to repeat the same
2: words you're saying, but do it every morning in the mirror to your damn self. I would go as far as I'm going to kind of end this statement here with to say
1: that you're actually worse than Trump. I mean, Trump is a person that has used Christians to be able to get into office. He's used all of this fake BS to be able to get in there. But he's a charlatan. He's obvious. He's a moron. He's not smart. He's a person
2: that screws people over. We know that about him. But you are an enabler. You go there and you kiss his butt and lay your hands on him wherever you touch him. And say, God is with you. You enable his crazy. You've allowed this to happen.
1: If you want to say that the eclipse means something, yes, America's greatest sin right now is racism. It's how it is tearing our country apart. That we have those that are so filled with hate. And many of those people go to church every Sunday. And they put money in the offering plates. That eventually goes into your pockets. So screw you. <laughs> Franklin Graham, screw you and Graham Lotz. Screw you, Jim Baker. Screw you, Jerry Falwell Jr. Because you are using your position of power for your own personal gain. It's not for the glory of God. It's only for your own. And if you want to say anything, hey, look up in the sky. Metaphorically or literally, there's an eclipse. God's angry. If he's going to be angry at anybody. I'm pretty sure it's you. Well, thanks for listening to us this last hour. Uh, Just a reminder, as we end this broadcast, you can always catch us on podcasts at www.snarkyfaith.com. If you want to talk to us um, or comment, criticize, whatever else, we love getting email questions at snarkyfaith.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for being a part of this Snark Nation movement that we have going on here. That is all I've got this week. I will be back again next week. Thank you so
0: much, and... Go out into the world, move in peace. WCOM is listener-supported community radio, and snarky faith is only possible through our sponsors. Aqueduct Conference Center was established in 1978 as a peaceful destination for small group meetings, special events, conferences, retreats, and weddings. For more information, go to www.aqueductcc.com. We are also sponsored by Lumen. Lumen. A spiritual community of seekers, sojourners, question askers, doubters, and skeptics is a collective of fellow travelers that embrace the truth that all life is sacred, hope is real, and tomorrow can be better than today. All are welcome. You can find more information at www.lumencommunities.com.